Welcome to the Dillingham Group Mobilized Church Podcast, where together we tackle the topics and discuss the strategies of getting the church out of the box. We're glad you've joined us. Now, let's dive right in. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Mobilized Church Podcast. This is Chris Dillingham, alongside my big brother, Ken Dillingham Jr., the third. And the people listening to the podcast don't really care, but we're recording this on a Thursday mm-hmm. because this week is July 4th, and so we took a little took a little holiday. But, but man, this topic today has been burning, so we got to we gotta get after it. So good to see you on a Thursday, Ken. I think this is going to be amazing. It's good to see you. It's uh, Is it rainy there? It it is it is. Yeah. You said that like Irish, getting a little Irish. <laughs> is it a wee bit rainy there? That's kind of weird. <laughs> what was that all about? Is it rainy there? Like I don't know who we're listening. Conor McGregor is our guest today. <laughs> you oh. said shenanigans and <laughs> something. <laughs> that is oh. awesome. A wee yeah. bit. There is a wee bit of rain. It's <laughs> a wee bit. We bit of rain and uh, yeah, little little muggy out there, but we're we're uh, we're doing good. We're doing good. Awesome. At least it's not, bro. We were in St. Louis, so we missed last week. We had an amazing time in St. Louis. Big time shout out to our man, Big Darren Sergeant from Headquarters Ministry Central. He's big dog. He's an who's, executive big. Who's dog. quick to who was quick to let us know that he launched our podcast? He did. He did. He it's that that'll be on the uh, re- video recording that he launched our podcast. Yeah. Um, because we our first interview was with him when we were getting ready to launch our podcast, and so so yeah, he he's responsible for that. So we're down there. We're down there in St. Louis, bro. I'm saying right now, being in St. Louis just reminded me of another reason of why I want to be saved. <laughs> it was <laughs> nine o'clock at night. It was yeah. ninety one. Felt like ninety five. Yeah. What at nine o'clock at night? Sun was going down. It was. I think it was ninety. I think it was like ninety five or ninety six when I was getting coffee on Thursday morning. That was the day that it was slated. <laughs> Sounds like the, a perfect time to get coffee. I know, right? I was getting coffee. It's like it's not hot enough for you. You want to pour right. you want to pour 110 degrees inside of you so that the 110 around you gets it's yeah sinking me up inside now. Right. So yeah, man, it was 103 there that day, which is like <sighs> people are like 103, but it's there's a St. Louis 103 is kind of like mm. it's like 123. And it's not like in St. Louis you can go to the ocean. Like, you know, you can go to the, the muddy Mississippi and hang out no. a bit. But, yeah, we're dogging on we're dogging on St. Louis today. We're gonna get we're gonna get in a lot of trouble probably. So, but we did have a good time, and but, I don't but here's know. the deal. Yeah. We don't, Chris. We only dog on St. Louis because it's the home of the Cardinals, bro. There's good people in St. Louis. Most <laughs> no, there's good there's good people in St. Louis. It's just that it's you know it's the home of the Cardinals, and it's like ugh, man, feel sorry for them. Yeah, so. One of my favorite memes is a guy holding a sign. And of course, this I was I was joking tease that this is a typical Cardinals fan. He's got like jean cutoff shorts and a tank top. And mm-hmm. he looks so scraggly. And he's got a sign that says, get a brain. And he meant to say moron, but he spelled it M-O-R-A-N-S, morans. 
<laughs> and he's got a Cardinals hat on. I'm like, bro, it's perfect, man. It's so awesome. Get a so brain, I, get a brain, Morans. I always, I always tease that like Cardinal fans, they can go get season tickets to Cardinals and uh, all all year passes to the Bowling Hall of Fame, which is also in St. Louis. So, <laughs> <laughs> Bowling Hall of Fame. Hey, did oh, you know? Man. Did you know if you Google "get a brain, Morans"? Yeah, well, the first thing that comes up is get a brain Moran's guy. There you go. Right? Do you see? It says, it says, uh, get a brain Moran's by Martha Rossler. The man in the photo carries two inelegantly hand lettered signs. I love the word inelegantly. <laughs> <laughs> one of one of which says in large letters, get a brain Moran's, and the other, go USA. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. And he happens to be wearing a Cardinals hat, which is just makes it glorious. Bro, um, and a mullet with a with a with He's a, got a mullet. Bro, perfect St. Louis combo. I was just trying to offend all the St. Louis people today. Just 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 get them all. The mullet, the mustache, and the get a brain moran sign. So yeah, maybe we'll post that. Post hey, that out there's there. a guy, I think, I think he's spoofing him. Yeah. There's another picture with a guy and he's got like a like almost like a USA bandana on with an Elvis outfit with some aviator sunglasses and it looks like a fake mustache and he's pointing like a 70s like Starsky and Hutch guy. Yeah. Yeah. And Starsky says, and Hutch. Good, and it says get a, get a brain Morans. That's awesome. <laughs> he's like spoofing the guy. I need a t-shirt. I need to get a brain get a brain Moran t-shirt. That's what I need to do. And then put go Cardinals. <laughs> exactly yeah. exactly so big time shout out to all the cardinal fans for, for for that so all right so you got some time constraints we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go let's go let's get Bro, this hey let's get, this is gonna be so good today it's never been beyond us to stuff an hour's worth of material into 30 minutes <laughs> or, or 30 or minutes to drag, drag out hour. 30 minutes of material into an hour we can do it right. either way absolutely so so we appreciate people hanging with us and being here on a Thursday. Got a good, get a good crew on uh, Facebook Live. So appreciate that. Hit the share button, get the word out because this is going to be a good one. So today, Ken, mm-hmm. here's what we want to talk about. So we've been doing a a conversation about the mission to different groups of people, right? Right. And so we we had conversation about. Uh, we started out with infectious Christianity. We talked mm-hmm. about the mission to highly humanistic people. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to read just kind of what I wrote this morning and then get that mm-hmm. kicked off to you and let you just just roll with it. So so just kind of praying about this, thinking about this this morning. Uh, here's kind of what hit me. We're living in a world that is filled with people that are exhausted and indifferent. Exhausted because the heaviness of the issues with which we're dealing the constant barrage of news and information, and the spiritual turmoil most are unaware of. And indifferent because many view Christianity as ineffective at the least, complicit in causing the issues at the worst. Hmm. So today we're going to examine the characteristics of the kingdom of God that's called to operate in these conditions and how the church ultimately becomes viral, particularly to an exhausted and indifferent people. So let's, 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 Let's jump That's into good that. all by itself, by the let's, way. Let's jump into that. Talk to us about exhausted and indifferent people. Man, I well, I mean, your intro said it. It's I think, you know, you there's there's people that are exhausted in the sense that you, you know, I don't I don't know it, that my 
conversations are unique or the or the people that I talk to are unique. I, I figure, you know, that it's almost like a, a cross section. Obviously, I know, you know, that there's some there's some level uh, as a pastor. I guess I could say it like this: as a pastor, where sometimes you would be limited to the scope of the people that sort of you know people that work kind of where you work or in the same arena or people who you know sort of live or run in the same circles or whatever and so there's some limitation there but to get a a good cross section of people i think some i think pastors have the ability to get a good cross section of people because they they pastor a good cross section of people and so they right. talk to they talk to them and and they talk to people that are you know that you run into contact with and and you're living on mission and so on so the point that i'm making is is that it's funny that as I have conversations with people and I don't know if this would be your, you know, your experience as well, but that it, it seems that when you're talking to people who, and, and we're all obviously here talking to about the mission, right? So we're talking about people who don't go to church maybe, or that don't, you know, maybe they don't spend time, um, you, you know, spend a lot of time searching the scriptures or whatever. I think it is interesting to me that, one of the things that I hear people say is that they're, they, they just don't, they just don't have the bandwidth. They're just, I'm just weary with the converse conversation. It's just, I'm, you know, people are mean on Facebook and they're fighting with each other and they're just da da da. So I think, I think there's where you have people that are sort of weary with it. They're just, yeah, you know, sure. and then of course, I think there's a, there's an element of indifference that, results from it that says, you know, this isn't, this isn't blessing me. This isn't helping me. So it's funny when you mentioned that there are some people that say that the church is a contributor to the, some of the problem or that the church, right. the church people or the, or whatever. And I think one of the reasons is because in culture wars, you got to have people that have a particular position in culture and have people who have an opposing position. Right. And anytime you have a scenario where you got one, one group on one side and one group on the other side, you have hostility between that, you know, there's hostility. And, and so the, and the, and the level to which people feel what they're, what, you know, in other words, what they, cause I've often said convictions is how deeply you feel what you believe. Right. 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 Sure. And so, and so the the deeper that you feel what you believe, you know, if, if you're talking, Chris, if you talk about what, you know, my wife and I've been doing juicing this week. And so she's got this seven day deal, nice. we're doing, you know, nice. and, and so today it was, ours was, um, it was called green ginger ale Ooh. and it was, yeah, uh, it was celery, it kale. was cel celery, kale, apples, lime and ginger. And so, uh, so, so anyway, Yesterday was like carrots and oranges and, you know, whatever. So we're, we're doing this, this deal. So if you ask me, so what compare today's juice with yesterday's juice? Mm -hmm. I'll be like, yeah, there was yesterday's was orange. It was a little sweeter. Today was a little bitey because it had the ginger and whatever. And I'll just discuss it and whatever and we go on. I, I don't, it's not like I have some deep held yeah, right. Feeling about right. it or whatever. Right. So I think when people start talking about the world and um you you know, like you have you have the 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 world, you have the the church, and it's very there's vehemence in it sometimes. 
And so when there are people that would otherwise be interested, I think what ends up happening is, is they become indifferent because they just simply go, look, God, you, you know, they're screaming this and you're screaming that and they're screaming at each other and you know, right. whatever. Right. So. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think, I think that's, um, that's a, that's a great point. And, and we live in such an emotional world. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, everything, everything is really emotion based. Right. So, you know, Ben Shapiro's famous, famous saying of, um, you know, facts don't care about your feelings. I mean, bro, you see some of the videos and some of the things that are happening at, at like some of the, the gay pride parades mm -hmm. and some of those kinds of things like just this, this, I mean, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It starts with a V. Not 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 vitriolic, but like this really strong emotion, yeah. right? And <clears throat> I, I, so so that makes it so much more difficult. And here's the here's the truth about it, right? Part of the reason why we haven't exhausted people is because living on emotion is exhausting. You only have so much emotional bandwidth. That's so true, man. Right. And so, I mean, man, think about it. Think about like, okay, think from, from a church perspective, you go to church and you have one of those services where, man, just the conviction of the Lord is moving. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and you, you go into prayer and like, there's weeping and you're crying and whatever, like, bro, it's draining. So true. It's so yeah. draining. And we live in a world where so many people are living on emotion and bro, I don't want to sound like grumpy old man, but a lot of the things that we're watching and viewing, you know, movies or whatever are, are all geared towards emotion because, mm -hmm. because they are women. So, so you have a group of people that are living on emotion, mm -hmm. which creates kind of this exhaustion. So now they don't have, they don't have the energy. They don't have the capacity to deal with it. That's a great point, man. Right. Mm -hmm. Add into that. Add into that people that are blinded and and just don't know there is a there is an adversary mm -hmm. there is a spiritual atmosphere there's a spiritual environment things are happening and man the Lord's really really been dealing with me this week I preached Sunday about you know that the the Bible says we're not ignorant of his devices mm -hmm. and and the Lord just kind of walked me through some things I, I won't re preach the whole thing but but in essence you know what does the enemy do he identifies and attempts to exploit vulnerabilities in us. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not mm -hmm. hooky spooky. It's not nightmare on no. Elm street. It's not right. all that kind of stuff. Frank Peretti, you know, all this. That's what I said. That's the, that's the caricatured version of spiritual warfare that the devil wants you to believe. The reality is it's way more subtle and insidious. Subtle. Absolutely, man. So I, I think a lot of people don't recognize, they don't understand that the, the, the spiritual climate, the spiritual atmosphere, it's draining. It, there's mm -hmm. just this constant pressure. Then you add into that, bro. Then you add into that 24-7, 365. Here, here's the reality. I was thinking about this this morning. Bad things have always happened. There, there have always been wars. There have always been dictators. There have always been famines. There's always been all these things that are happening. But no generation ever has had wall-to-wall -wall access 24-7 to the calamities of life happening around the world. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. If there's something, you know, even 50 years ago, 75 years ago, if something happened, you know, 
3,000 miles away, That's you're not going to know about it in real time. That's so true. But right now, you have news stations. You have news stations that do breaking news because there's like a major car accident. Bro, weather. Weather. Like like the weather. Like it's. I was thinking about this yesterday. I was thinking about like entertainment, like how television has become like – Probably, I don't know if I could, if there's, I've ever seen any data or stats on this, but it seems to me like somehow that there's a, that, that the number one form of revenue in America is the revenue generated from entertainment. Yeah. I would say like, and, yeah. I, I, would oh, say oh. and I would say specifically, generally like, speaking, yeah. like in home television and movies. Yeah. And, and because, because of advertising dollars that are spent, the dollars that are, you know, all of those kinds of things. I don't, I don't know, you know, outside of other kinds of commerce. My, my point is if that's the case, then all of these, like even, like even weather shows, like new, like weather stations, how could weather stations have a 24 seven weather station? What are you going to talk about for 24 seven? Unless you make weather a story, bro, hype up every, every sink single like tornado that happens becomes yeah. like this major, you know, 12 hour event. Like, Oh, tornadoes coming, bad weather's coming. Storms are coming. Every single snowstorm is snowmageddon every one of them is snowmageddon every time i'm like i'm like I, I actually i saw something like on this like yesterday or whatever and and they were just doing all this and it was a, it was like a, an ad and it was all these clips and it was a tornado and it was like lightning and thunder and it was like blah you know it's coming and you know it was like this and i thought to myself i thought god have mercy like can we just go back to 1973 and just the weather hits and like you look outside and it's like, Oh man, it looks like it's going to rain. You know, can't we just go back to like 1973 and there's a news report and they just do a five minute spot in the news on weather. And then you go on and you know what I'm saying? And people just right. experience weather. And when the snow came, they dug out and they went on and it, but, but it, but like you just said, whether it's, you know, and this is the one little microcosm that shows you that it creates emotional energy in people. And I think sometimes they don't even know. Uh, and so that's the world we're living in. So, so then, so then the church, so the question today, I think really needs to yeah. be, how does the church do mission to weary and indifferent people? Right. Yeah. I mean, where would you start that conversation with? Well, I'm not talking about with lost people, but where would you start that conversation with the church to say, because I, I think a point that you made is so, it's so valid. And that is that you look at it and you go, you know, as, as a, as a Christian, as a strong believer in the Bible and God, sometimes it makes me angry. And I, I, it just makes me angry just because of the fact that, it's like, it's legal to shove it up our nose. It's legal to, you, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's yeah. legal to say, I, I, I saw one of those, I saw a gay pride parade and it, the, like somebody's walking along with a sign and said, um, it's one sign said, Jesus is queer. And one, and one, 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 one side says, um, one side said, uh, Jesus Jesus was a uh, 
Jesus was gay or something like it was like Jesus was a Jesus was an un unmarried single man who lived with men, you know, like they were basically trying to say like Jesus was queer. He was gay. He was, you know, right. right. So, so my point was, and I was looking at that going, why are you walking with a sign that points out Jesus? Right. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Absolutely. Well, so, so, so I go like, I think, I think we should go after the first part of that with the exhausted piece. Right. Like, like how do we, as the church, the reason we're having this conversation, because I do think it's important to understand where people are coming from, understand why they are, you know, why they're living the way that they're living, why they're experiencing what they're experiencing. And I think, I think just, just a basic understanding that says, look, a lot of what's going on is, is that people are tired. People are just, they're just flat out weary with the world. And what happens is, I mean, people react and respond to, to weariness and to, to being, you mm-hmm. know, tired differently. Mm-hmm. Some people, some people just check out. Yeah. A lot of people can disengage. Just, and so, so that goes into the indifferent piece, which we'll talk about here in just a minute. Mm-hmm. Some people, some people get grouchy. Yeah. They, you know, they get irritable, hard to get along with and whatever. Well, maybe don't even know why. Right. And because so, it's coming from so many different places. Correct. So, you know, as a disciple maker, a lot of times, you know, what we talk about is fruit to root. A lot of times what happens is, as believers is we chase the fruit. And the fruit in this case would be if somebody is is frustrated all the time and just, just grouchy, hard to get along with. A lot of times it's because they're just weary. Mm-hmm. And if chasing that frustration is not going to get to it. So, I think there's a couple a couple things I would throw out, Ken. Number one, first of all, this is why we say in order to make disciples, you have to first be the disciple of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Here's the question. As followers of Jesus, are we living differently than what the world is experiencing? That's a critical or, question right there. Or are we just as weary as they are? So here's here's something interesting, Chris. So so mm-hmm. let, let me just tag right in where you're at right there. Yeah. So I'm writing a note right here as you were talking. The institutional church is always discussing how to frame its message. Yeah. To to its audience or to, to the consumer. Right. Right. Trying to tailor. It's like the institutional church is always saying. Okay, so 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 here's a di- what's interesting because I want to hit this before because we're going to we're going to get into the nuts and bolts of the conversation here in just a moment. But I think what what you just said is it's so powerful because I think if you are if you're coming from an institutional church perspective, and I want to I want to make a dividing line, yeah, is to say if you're if you're a part of the institutional church and you're thinking, okay, well then how do we craft our message in twenty um, twenty three? Great point. To Bro, weary people, point. whatever. I think if you're talking about a disciple making culture, then you look at it and say, "We're not crafting a message. We are the message. We are the message." So when you just said, so good, "Are we no. living any differently?" Here's what's so funny: the institutional church basically says our, our message can basically be detached from the lives of the people that are communicating the message. In other words, you could have a, you could have a bunch of people that are weary. You could have a bunch of people that are angry. You could have a bunch of people that are discouraged and whatever, but you could still be trying to pull for church growth and say, we're just going to do this amazing church service. And we're going to do all this stuff. 
people come in, they experience the Sunday experience. And, and it's like, we gotta, we gotta figure out how do we really communicate this message to a, to a world that's in weary and indifferent. And I that's think so good, man. what you just said was, was that if you, it, cause we were talking about it, if you want to be, if you want to make disciples, you have to first be the disciple. And so for a disciple making culture, what we say is you have to first experience the rest and the peace of God so that out of your life, there is a walking invitation to someone around you that says, I want what you've got. Are you living an exceptional life? Are you living yes. a questionable life? Yes. Right? Michael right. Frost, is, are, are people looking at you in a world as believers? We face the same thing. We same things. We face spiritual conflict. We face twenty four seven wall to wall coverage. We face the emotional issues of the hour. Like we we deal with all of that. But there ought to be something different about followers of Jesus. We're we're epistles written by God, read of men. Right. Mm -hmm. So so our lives there should be something conveying to our world. Not that not that God ends or limits the chaotic world that we're living in, but in the midst of the storm, God brings peace to his believers. Mm -hmm. Are we living questionable lives? And I love what you said because it's so good, man. It's like a PR firm trying to craft, you know, it's kind of like the Bud Light situation, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 they, yeah. they think that they're going to appeal. And what ends up happening is when you, when you try to craft a PR message, you're always going to miss the mark on somebody. You can't right. do that. You're never going to hit that. We have to be the message. So and and the Bible says, you know, this is the wet rest wherein the weary shall find rest for their souls. If we're not living lives that evoke a question from people to say, what is it about you that, that you have this peace? What is it about you that you're not caught up in the chaos mm -hmm. and the tur mm -hmm. turmoil of the world? And here's the other thing, Ken, you mentioned about institutional church. Is it possible that the, the that the institutional church is actually in many ways hmm. contributing to the weariness of God's people? Right. Because in order to keep the machine going, oh, you've got to have volunteers. You fit to, to go there. I'm gonna go there. Let's right. You you've got to make the machine go. So man, we've got to make sure we have all kinds of volunteers and you know, uh, um, I won't mention, but I, I was listening to a podcast about a particular church and it was all built around, like they built this whole system of basically forced labor of volunteers because it needed so many people yeah. to make the machine run, right? Yeah, not in America and a church that everybody knows and they make music. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Right. right. So so, so the, que the question then becomes, are we living a life that's showing people in our world today that 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 the Jesus way is the better way of living. Mm. See that that there it is, and that, that's so. Wow, that's that's it, right? The 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 reality is is that the the world that wants a the world that wants okay okay back up. Go back thirty years ago. Yeah, the the world quote unquote, the world, people who were lost or whatever had some Christian memory. And so, so the message that the church communicated 40 years ago, whatever was a message that it would appeal to people to say, you know, our church is a different kind of church or it's a better, it's a, you know, whatever. And it's, it's assuming that people are wanting a, a better church. Like I would go if I could find a church that, you know, whatever we've talked about this recently, we talked about this in, in this very conversation. 
people that are hostile, you know, that have antipathy toward Christianity. Yeah, right. I think I think what happens is 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 that if the world is saying to the church, look, I don't I don't want what you're selling. Yeah. If that's their mentality, right? If the mentality is I I don't want what you're selling, then it doesn't matter how you frame it. It doesn't matter how hard your people work. It doesn't matter how much they volunteer. It doesn't matter how good your Sunday gathering is. Because what happens is, is you're having a a diminishing section subsection of people that might be your potentially right your 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 market base. Sure, but everybody is experiencing this exhaustion. Everybody is experiencing this thing, and that's why when you know when Jesus came into the world, he, the the Bible said. He shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. It says, and of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. What's amazing is, is that the word shalom in the Bible, in the in the Hebrew, in the Old Testament, the word shalom didn't just simply mean the absence of conflict. In fact, Jesus said, I haven't come to remove conflict. I haven't come to give you a peace that is the absence of conflict. How did he say it? He says, my peace I give to you, not yeah. as the world gives. How does sure. the world, how does the world give peace? The world gives peace by removing the conflict. He said, but yes. I'm going to send you out as sheep among wolves. And what I'm going to do is, is, is when I, when I sit on the throne of something, I'm, I govern in peace. And that word peace is so not good. lack of conflict. It is wholeness and completeness. The Hebrews used to say shalom is everything as it ought to be. So wherever Jesus is ruling and reigning, things are going to be as they ought to be. So what's crazy is, is like, so when we read in the new Testament, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Yeah. The, the, if the peace of God is ruling in your hearts, conflict and chaos can be ruling around you. Yeah. But if the peace of God is ruling in your heart, then you don't need peace by saying like, man, I just need to, I need to just check out, man. I just need to get away from all this I stuff, was man. I just, just getting ready to say that I I'm need sorry. a vacation. No, right. no, no, no. It's good. That's, that's exactly, that's, that's the mindset of if I can just get away from this, then I'll be at peace and then I'll have what, you know, but there, but, but there is no escape. Life happens no matter where you are. You're never going to get away from it. And that's why that shalom peace, man, is so good, bro. And what's interesting, Chris, is, is Jesus, Jesus himself connects it to the mission. Yeah. In Luke chapter 10, Jesus said, I right. want you to go to the communities and I want you to inquire who's noble and I want you to go to them and I want you to talk to them. And he says, inquire, he says, speak your peace over them. And if your peace stays there, which is a, I mean, let's be honest. That's a scripture that we go, I don't even know what that means. Like most people are like, I don't even know what that means. Speak your peace over them. Right. Speak the, he says, speak the peace of the kingdom to them. You're, you're declaring the peace of the kingdom to them. And if your peace settles there. So, so we think, well, you're somehow you're, you're going in, in peace. Like you're, you know, like we come in peace, I, I whatever. I don't. It's pretty good. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know. And so I was trying to do, do some kind of like an alien UFO. Symbol. I know the people that are listening have no idea, but that was pretty good. They need like, to go watch it. We'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> so I anyway, that, I think that's the uh, Illuminati. Illuminati you're doing there. <laughs> that would have been 
that would have been that. But it's but the thing about it is is what's funny is is that is is when we look at that, if you think of that in the Hebrew imagination, when Jesus said, You go and you speak the peace of the kingdom, yeah, the shalom of the kingdom, that is bro, that is going in and saying the Messiah has come and he's come to make things as it ought to be. Man, and so we're good. and we're here to bring in the peace reign of the Messiah. And if those people go, we want the peace reign of the Messiah, the king that rules in peace, of the increase of his government in peace, we want the peace reign of the Messiah here. He said, then stay there with them. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I think, you know, going to the mission piece, I think Gary Gauthier nailed it that that, you know, the the mission that we're called to is to not just invite people to church, right, but to invite people into the rest of Jesus. Right. He said, Come unto me, all that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Yeah. I will give you the rest that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. And so truthfully, bro, really. This is a divine setup. Mm-hmm. Right. This is a divine setup because because Jesus specifically says, "I am offering a a place, not physical place, but a, a place of life, a way of life mm-hmm. that is a respite from the chaos of the world that brings exhaustion." If you'll come unto me, actually, last night in prayer, I'll just share something just personal stories, tell the story. Like mm-hmm. in prayer, I was praying just, you know, Lord, sometimes sometimes it, it just gets heavy. And mm-hmm. I felt the Lord impress on me. If it's getting heavy for you, what does that mean? It means and, he, did Jesus go fruit to root on you, bro? For real. And I'm like, <laughs> it means that I'm trying to carry it because you said that ta- if I'll take your yoke, it'll right. be light. And it, it, it'll and my, be easy. Yep. Be, my burden is light. My yoke is easy. Right. right. Because you're carrying the load. And so just as a reminder to me that as a believer, it's oftentimes it's, it's me trying to carry the load. It's me trying to carry everything, make everything happen is when it gets heavy. And what I got to do is lean back into him. I believe God has set us up in this hour that there's a, there, there are people every single day that we come in contact with that are absolutely just beyond tired just dragging, you know, all the memes about, I need my cup of coffee and I need, you know, whatever. I need a vacation. I need this just flat out worn out and weary with the pressures and troubles and trials and difficulties of life. And as spirit filled believers, if we'll let the shalom of Jesus reign in our lives, right? Everything in its place, everything as it ought to be. If we allow the shalom of Jesus to reign in our lives, then now we can say to people, not just, hey, here's the truth. If you want peace, this is what you need to do. This, 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 and this. Now we can go to people and say, man, I feel you. I know exactly what you're talking about, but I'll tell you where my peace comes from. And Jesus gives you an invitation to experience Mm -hmm. this as well. Come into that peace, experience that shalom, experience everything as it ought to be. Man, that's that's it right there. Because, Because that's, and then that's the compelling message. You know, the compelling message is, is that it's, you know, we're living in a world today and I'm, I mean, I, and I'm, and here's the thing, I, like I, I have a tendency to be an ought defender, right? Yeah. Like I have a tendency to be a truth guy. Um, you know, I have a tendency to be like, Hey, it's, 
you know, this is let's, let's go to the word and let's, you know, whatever. Sure. And, and, and that's, and that's the foundation of it all, right? We, that we don't deny that, but the problem is, is that if I think that the best way that I'll ever do the mission is, is, is how good do I become at defending the ought, which in some ways is apologetics, right? If, if I, if I can think of the best way to defend the ought, then I will become very successful in the mission. When the reality is, is what Jesus says is no, actually as the last days approach, men will be lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. So what that means is, is there's not going to be a natural inclination to be able to talk about the things of God with them, to say, to, to, to have that discussion about the way things ought to be, because that'll just be a conflict or the conversation in the conflict of ideologies. Yeah. But everybody is seeking shalom. Everybody is seeking that peace that comes from, you know, well, not, they don't know that it comes from God, but they're, they're seeking that peace. Like they may have, you know, they may have $5 million in the bank and they don't know why, why can't I have peace? I've got everything I want. I've got money. You know, you, sure. you have somebody saying my, my money in the bank right now is making more money than, than my annual income or, you know, whatever. But, and yet I still, you know, I'm scared I'm going to lose that money or I'm, you know, or I've got, and so people, it doesn't matter where they're at in life, everybody, whether it's relationship issues, whether it's with their, you know, uh, parenting, whether it's, you know, job uh, insecurity, whether it's the, what's going on in the world, everybody says, everybody is saying, man, I'm just, this is just nuts. Yeah. And when they find somebody who's walking and living in the reign of peace of the king of peace, who's by, you know, the king of Salem, that's the king of Shalom. Right. Right. And right. So, so the thing about it is, is that we get, we have to realize that if the king of peace is ruling in our heart, right. If yeah. the king, if the king of peace is ruling in our heart, then what happens is, is that it's, it's, it's not something we experience or something we do. It's a fruit of the spirit, right? The, yeah. the, the peace is a fruit of the spirit. And so it's something we become. We actually become peace. Peace becomes what we are. Yeah. Right? So Jesus good. was our peace, the Bible said. And and what's interesting is there's cultural ramifications of this. I don't want to open a whole nother can of worms, but there's cultural ramifications of this because the Bible says that that he in he made peace. In Christ, God made peace with us, which means that there was peace with in our relationship with God, and there's any tore down the middle wall of partition between us, so that we can have peace with God and peace with each other. And so, the kingdom shalom that Jesus came to bring in this world is something that basically answers the problem of the heart and the and sociological issues. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I, and so. I know we gotta we gotta wrap it up, yeah. Um, here because I know you I know you got a hard hard yeah. stop here, mm -hmm. but I just I'll just mention real quick the end times. One of the signs of the end times is people are gonna cry. What? Yeah, peace, 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 peace. Right. The world is desperately seeking peace, and they think peace is gonna come from governmental. You know, agreements, mm -hmm. uh, peace treaties, all that kind of stuff. But and their they, hearts will fail them for fear. And their hearts will fail them for fear. Right. So they're gonna they're gonna miss that. Only 
the peace of God can satisfy. I do want to mention just real quick, Ken, the yes. other piece of this, and and I don't want to shortchange it, but I would just just quick mention mm-hmm. the indifferent piece of this. Mm-hmm. You know, the conversation about about exhausted and indifferent. Mm-hmm. I do think that one of the challenges we face in our world is that there are a group of people that look of, at look at religion in general mm-hmm. as again at the very least powerless mm-hmm. it has no it doesn't it doesn't do anything mm-hmm. and if it if it makes you feel better then fine good for you but it's it, and and they don't you know like for us as believers it's on our mind we're thinking about it all the time but the truth is people that don't know like i'm not thinking about i don't know like i'm not thinking about the orchestra every day because i don't play an instrument true and so people aren't thinking about this stuff, and so they become indifferent because they don't see they don't see any influence, any effect, and they see no difference. Hmm. Right. So so they become indifferent today, or in, in our world today. And so 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 the second piece of that is part of the indifference is birthed out of they see Christianity in particular, not not mm-hmm. most. They say religion, but the reality is most of the vitriol is aimed towards Jesus. It's aimed towards Christianity, but they become indifferent because Christianity is what's caused the problems. I don't want to, I don't want to connect with that. It's judgmental. It's hateful, whatever. So Mm -hmm. they just kind of become indifferent at it. So the, so the, the appeal to an indifferent people has to be, again, showing them that, that Jesus is the better way. Yep. This is why our lives are the example bottom line. So good. So good. I'll end with this. I think, I think uh, tagging on to what you just said, if peace is a circumstance, we will tend to find the, the people and the situations that help bring us peace. Sure. If, if peace is a condition, then we will be able to go into peaceless scenarios. Right. The more that the more that Christians become like the world, except that they believe differently. In other words, they get their peace the same way. I have to. I just have to find people that agree with me. And when people don't agree with me, then bless God, I'm, you know, I'm dot, uh, you know, chunk them. And so you got to. So so right. if, if peace is circumstantial, then we will tend to the echo chamber. If peace is circumstantial, we will tend to the churn, turning our ch- church into a closed, cloistered, safe haven. If peace is a condition of our soul, then we will tend to go to people who need peace on mission. And so, like you just said, the indifference is if 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 all if all you have is an ideology, but but the but the condition of your heart is no different than theirs. It's you're you're just as angry as they are. They believe that, you believe that. There's no difference. Why would I choose that? If there is a transformational thing in us, if there's a transformational thing in our lives yeah. and we have the power of God and there's miracle yeah. signs and wonders, then the world is going to say, now, wait a minute, that now that's a different type of Christianity. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, man, great, great conversation today. A lot of great comments. We were in a little bit of a, uh, of a time crunch, but, but got most of it in today. So we appreciate everybody. Uh, flexing with us on the schedule yeah, and being yeah, yeah. here on the Thursday. We had a great, great uh, group on Facebook Live and look uh, appreciate that. So we look forward. We're going to be back 
next Tuesday. Next Tuesday? Yeah, we're good next Tuesday. Yeah. Right? Yeah, because camp doesn't start till, till Wednesday. So we're good. We'll be back next Tuesday. Probably, probably around 10. Yeah, maybe, maybe a little early because I got to take my, I got to take the fifth wheel over to camp. Oh, uh, yeah. So we might, we, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll let people know. We'll get the word out. So we look forward to coming back to you next week with another exciting episode. You look thrilled, bro. Another exciting episode of the Mobilized Church Podcast. We'll see you next week. Until then, go live mobilized. God bless. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Dillingham Group Mobilized Church Podcast. We'd love to connect with you, and there are several ways that you can do that. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram by searching The Dillingham Group. You can also go to our website, thedillinghamgroup.org, and fill out the form on the contact page to get more information about multiplication, discipleship, and all the topics discussed on this podcast. We also have individual social media accounts that you can follow. Just look for Chris Dillingham and Ken Dillingham on all the social media platforms. If you like today's episode, drop by Apple Podcast and leave us a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Mobilized Church Podcast. We hope you can join us next week as we talk about what it means to live mobilized.